Blog Talk Radio. Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your stories told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio out of Oklahoma and the surrounding areas. Uh, this show tonight is brought to you in coordination with, bless you, I think I heard a sneeze, in coordination with Marcel reading the annual Whistleblower Summit and... Tanya Talks is also an, um, affiliated with Journeys to Justice Incorporated and Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed. We are discussing an Oklahoma case part three tonight with Tamson and Reggie Bowles. So once again, it is January 16, 2022. Before I get started, I want to say hello to my beautiful mother and New England. Hello, Mother. Thinking of you. Can't wait to see you again. Mom is very, very supportive and, um, and brought many of us into uh, in this into this world. And actually, uh, I'm going to be a grandmother in July, and my mom is going to have her first. Uh, she's going to have her first great grandchild out of the big. The big family that that we are three litters. <laughs> That's the way I always put it. That they, that they had three litters when they had uh, when they had our family. But I won't get into it anymore. But there was a lot of space in between litters, <laughs> or some space in between litters. Anyways, moving on because the subject can be so hard to discuss. Um, moving on. Uh, I'm not sure if you uh, are a listener that heard the first two parts to um, to the show with Tamson and Reggie Bowles, but if if you did not, please just look back and um, on wherever you saw this particular show promo, and you will find the first two shows uh, that that went with uh, with this. But we are talking about. Um, we are talking about a, a family that has been broken up that really there's no good reason why the children were removed from the home in in the eyes of the prongs, if you ask me, um, that would regard there to be legitimacy for CPS or DHS to actually remove uh, the children from the home. And... Uh, you know, the interesting thing is, as I've done some research uh, on, you know, matters like this, uh, is, you know, there is a website, and it's called childwelfare.gov. I'm sure anybody who has gone through this knows exactly what that website is. But this website um, has, um, it, for each state, there's different definitions of child maltreatment. Now, 
that would indicate a response would or would not be needed um, in order to to uh, define a reason for removing children from home. Now, I don't know this website inside out, so I'm not going to pretend to know it inside and out. But but what I see here is, you know, in my personal opinion, I'm looking at this list, you know, physical abuse, excessive corporal punishment, sexual abuse, emotional maltreatment, neg neglect, inadequate clothing, inadequate shelter, malnourishment, goes on and on and on, educational neglect, failure to thrive, abandonment, injurious environment, so on and so forth, drugs, uh, inadequate supervision, drug, alcohol, misuse, abuse, prenatal exposure to drugs or alcohol, um, just human trafficking, voluntary servitude, sexual servitude. Goodness gracious, see that human trafficking, how often does that actually happen when it comes to foster care? Uh, much more than one would know. Female genital mutilation, it actually says no here as as um, whether they would respond to that. And that blew me away so much that I, I, I just looked that up, and yet it does. So I guess there's different uh, definitions of that because I did look it up, and it does show that that is a crime in Oklahoma, but yet in um in the context of childwelfare.gov, it does say from from a glance that I'm looking at it that they don't respond to that. Um, let me see. There was something else here, you know, um, like not fostering a good environment, you know, by the guard or the guardians. Uh, okay, inadequate supervision, failure to meet parents or caretaker responsibilities. Caretakers are supposed to meet certain responsibilities, like when they are children are brought to foster homes. Um, those parents are obligated to uh, meet certain responsibilities, like you know, show up at the family team meetings, um, like to uh, help promote the return of the children to the family. Well, that doesn't seem to be happening in the in the attempts in the Reggie Bowl case. But there is progress. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this case. And, um, and the exciting thing is, you know, the good thing is, because we do like to be a part of solving problems here, there is progress. There is progress. So we're going to pick up where we left off uh, week two. And, um, and then we're going to get to the progress part. And we're going to discuss, you know, what this feels like, what this has felt like for this family going through it all, and how hard it is to, you know, how, how do you stop wrapping your head around when things go wrong and just how easy it is that it could happen to anybody out there. You think that you're safe? You know, once again, there's a lot of great agency workers out there, okay? There are. There are. I know some. But I also know far too many cases like this where children and families are ripped apart. Just like, you know, one of Marty's shows. It's, it's uh, you know, the elderly are being preyed upon. 
Also, the disabled are being preyed upon. Some families don't have the kind of means and resources to protect themselves and and to hire people um, and to to fight a system that is at times when it is and where it is predetermined. And those families can be preyed upon. So once again, this is not an across the board feeling or statement uh, that is made against social workers and, and, and you know therapists and lawyers and this and that and the other thing. You know, there's some good, good people out there, but there's also sometimes there's misunderstandings, but sometimes there's overstepping. You know, and I'm looking at this list, once again, I'm looking at this list, and what, where's the interpretation, you know, of, okay, you know, inadequate clothing? Who gets to determine what inadequate clothing is? You know, where do you draw the line there? Educational neglect. Educational neglect. Sometimes a child is, it doesn't learn as well as another child. You, you know, does that mean that that could possibly be a, a reason to take your children away from you? Um, let me see. What else? What else is there here? Um, emotional maltreatment. I see, I see emotional maltreatment, you know, going towards kids in classrooms. The indoctrination. Isn't that emotional maltreatment? Now, I'm not saying there isn't a time and a place where children need to be removed and hopefully families are reunited again. But in the case of Tamsin and Reggie Bowles, Absolutely not. The support was needed for that family, and the family did not get the support that they needed when the kids were taken away and when there was a claim that they could not care for the kids. They're, they're moving on from that point. They're moving on from that point. But we are going to just continue telling the story, and then we're going to let you guys know that some good things happened. How are you tonight, Tamsin? How are you tonight, Reggie? Pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm all right. You're all right? Is there some new news uh, that I don't know about? Huh? Uh, nothing since uh, the meeting the other day. Uh, right. Well, the meeting the um, other day, we... Uh, it went pretty well, and it looks like we should have the children back supposedly in a short period of time if everything goes well, but we'll still be under their supervision for a while. Right. That was a that was a great meeting, and for our for our listeners, I was um, a part of this meeting. There was actually two advocates um, on. There was uh, Don Foster was was on, and um, and and I was on. It was about what a two hour meeting. Uh, pretty close. About a two-hour meeting, and and so all the lawyers were on, the physical therapist was on, right? Or the physical therapist? Uh, yes, uh, Nigel's uh, ABA therapy. Yeah, it's like an intense therapy for autistic children. Yeah, right. It's his therapist and for the, that. Yeah. 
and then DHS was on, and your lawyer, mm-hmm. yeah, the lawyers for the children, the lawyers for you guys, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, there's I, I, one I mean, lawyer for the children, one for each of us, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be careful because I know that it was said to be confidential, so you know I'm not going to name any names or anything like that, and. And you know, but the uh, you know, at first it didn't feel good, sound good, and that's um, and I and I kind of chimed in, you know, because let's stick to the subject. What is it exactly that is keeping this family from not being together? And and you know, what are those prongs that need to be met? And uh, and from the and from the sounds of it. It, it, the only thing is, they they just kind of want they at this point, they just want you guys to to um, agree agree to certain treatments with your with your son. Well, just the one, and, just the one, just the one for Nigel. <laughs> right, right. So I think I mean this is eggshells, walking on eggshells now. So we, we don't want to. Rock any boats or or anything like that. Walking walking on eggshells, you know. It, I know you have not had good meetings in the past. Um, and to to me, I felt really good getting off of that, getting out of that meeting. I felt really good. You know, part of me was like, okay, is this just smoke and mirrors? Because I know how disappointing it has been for you guys um, for the last couple of years trying to get your children back for a second time. Um, but Don Foster felt felt the same way, and he had some very meaningful things to say. Um, mm-hmm. But he he was in, encouraged as well. Um, how do you guys feel about it? You want to go ahead, Tim, or me? Well, I'll say um, it's it seemed very positive. I just hope that they stay with what they're saying. I mean, as far as the positivity. I mean, they knew they were being held accountable, and so I believe I truly believe that if you all were not there, that they would have abused us like they did in the past at those meetings. Yeah, I believe that too. But somebody asked me how I felt at the end of the meeting one. I was happy the meeting had gone well, but not. I'm still kind of like you know, no great relief because until we get them, I don't believe it. Right. Right. And because, um, I have no great trust of these people, and we've been, you know, messed over by them in the past, and we'll see how it goes. But the meeting did go far better than I thought it would, and I thought the outside contacts that were at the meeting with us had a lot to do with it. I thought my lawyer did a pretty good job. I thought some people fell short, but I won't mention names. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I was very impressed with your with your with your lawyer, um, the way that he was, you know, getting right down to it. And okay, you know, it's like it, let's let's break it all down to okay, what does this mean? Let's and bump 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 bump. What is it that it's going to take? Let's go to the next step. And the big thing is, the big thing is, it's it's very hard when you've gone through what you guys have gone through to. Set that aside because you're still trying to say how wrong it was that the kids were taken. You know that it's and and yet the main focus has to be on okay, what's it going to take to get the kids back and make sure it doesn't happen again. 
That's the main thing. Make sure it doesn't happen again and try to make sure it doesn't happen to other people. Because it's just uh, one of my lawyers that said until CPS is held accountable for open perjury, none of this will ever change. And 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 isn't that something else, Reggie? Because it just seems that um, when somebody who is acting on behalf of the children from an agency, it's like the word is automatically golden. And you know, and some people make honest mistakes, and those honest mistakes need to be you know exposed and corrected. And then some people make dishonest statements. <coughs> and if you and if you can't prove that certain statements are not credible, then you don't have a fair tribunal, a fair system working for you. And so I get what you're saying completely. I well, get what you're saying. I think the problem is, I mean, anytime CPS can say they have great concerns, and that's all it will take to take your children. They have Judges and DAs, they'll rubber stamp it. But when they go above and beyond and say things that can easily be disproven and even swear to it in court on a sworn affidavit, well, now we've gone over into the legal thing. And what they've done is broken law. They've actually committed felonies, and so far no one's being held accountable for it. We're more than happy to get our children back, but these people that have broken these laws and able to get our children are not being held accountable. Yeah, there's there's far too much perceived immunity um, in, in the agencies, and when somebody's got something wrong, they they need to build credibility and and admit it and uh, and you know come out of the shadows. Um, but but it, it does seem like the way that things were directed the other day that you know we did get some real answers. From DHS, you know the, the 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 two biggest things were da 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 da, you know, and and okay, <laughs> well, isn't that what you've been waiting to hear for so long? Yes, I mean that went well, but uh, people were uh, <clears throat> even us are in the next family. I mean, I'm more and more. I've had to get my kids back. I think our family needs restitution. I think some people need to be prosecuted. But what about the next family they go after? Now, if there's family really, there's actually problems with family, that's one thing. But when you have to perjure yourself on a sworn affidavit, perjure yourself in court in order to keep the children, this has gone beyond beyond. I mean, you have mm -hmm. a three-letter rogue agency that's answering to no one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's honestly, and that's why I said, you know something, let's focus on getting your children back. And in front of it, and in front of everybody, I said, you know, you you guys can write a book and you can advocate, but get your kids back. Number one, get your kids back, and then focus on the other things. You know, um, I would be careful of retaliation, but you can't go around being afraid your whole life. I would be careful of retaliation if you were going to go after them. You know, I don't know. Have you thought about moving out of the county or, or um, you know, have you ever thought about uh, moving just, Yeah, we considered moving out of the county, out of the state. Yep. DHS is out of control in all 50 states. Remember, they came after oh. us the first time, and there was just no reason. You know, it only takes one call to that hotline 
no matter where you live, we can't keep running. They have got to leave us alone. Let us live our lives in peace. We are not a bad family. We have broken no laws. We are not child abusers. We are not. We do not neglect our children. This all started in 2016. They were fo- they were focused on us. Well, first, some people had called on us because they saw some things they didn't like. People with mental deficiencies and so forth. It was a, a homeless shelter. It was a homeless shelter. And then they came out and checked us out. They saw Nigel, and he he was he was pretty good. And he was happy. And then they came back once I gave birth, and they they targeted us for being anti-vaccine, which is not a crime. And now our son has autism. Autism because you believe that he was vaccinated without your without your. Oh, your we don't have a reason to believe that. Uh, I don't believe mm-hmm. autism falls from the sky. And even if a discussion with a doctor is going, <clears throat> excuse me, over with me, the possible cause of autism, they said in my. Well, are, you, are you there? Hello. Yes. I'm here. Hello. Can you hear me? Yep. Yep. I think you got cut off. No. Did you mute yourself? You're on, Reggie. Hello? Yep. I can can hear hear you. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he muted himself by accident. Maybe he muted the phone or... Darn. Hopefully he'll figure that out and maybe he'll call back. Marty, can you look for the call back just in case he hangs up and calls back? Yes, I can. Thanks, Marty. Yeah, it says he's dropped, <laughs> so we'll wait for him to call back. All right. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so there's there's been no abuse. There's been um, – so the, the point is when, the child, when your um, son was under the care of someone else, he was vaccinated without your okay. Is that correct? We would say so, yes. And what Reggie was trying to say was the doctor that had looked over the ER reports um, when he was looking at Nigel's ER report, he said in his opinion, in his professional opinion, that this was a vaccine injury. My gosh. And so here you were trying to protect your children against a vaccine injury and, and just and just the fact that you don't believe you don't believe that it's it's necessary you know join many many people you know i i'm not vaccinated when it comes to covid i uh or any and and you know i it's hard for me to trust any of these vaccinations um that are that are coming out now given all you know now that there's enough time in history for so many of these other things, look at all the autism in this world. Look at all the AD and D, ADD in the, in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I believe that there is a time and place for uh, for these vaccinations. But how are we ever going to know what what is truly you know beneficial to us when there is so much trust that has been lost and rightfully so. Um, because there aren't in, there aren't the long term studies, and then by the by the time it's too late, you I find out. Them, but they need to get them back on. Okay, you call back. Yeah. No, I, I tell them we can hear him. Do you hear me? 
We can hear you. Okay, great. I'm back on. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so what what is it that you were going to say? You were you were sharing about the uh, the doctor. Oh yeah, and we were doctor, and we was going over uh, the possible causes of autism. He said that in his professional opinion, it's vaccine induced autism. Right. Right. And I'm just curious, has the doctor, have the doctor seen these situations before? What made him so savvy? Uh, uh, he, yeah, I think he has. Uh, this is something a lot of doctors don't like to talk about because it can hurt their license. But a lot of doctors have seen medically induced uh, autism, like autism by vaccine. They know it, they just don't say nothing about it. Of course, you have vocal ones that say, no, it couldn't possibly be autism. I mean, it couldn't possibly be a vaccine. Right, right. But they they say there's no proof. But like I testified in court, not only did the Supreme Court say there are no safe vaccines, but the CDC can no longer legally say that vaccines do not cause autism. It's about some Some doctors disregard them. Yep. What what good what good are these findings if 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 they're continually suppressed or poo pooed or you're targeted if 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 you want to follow the science and the facts the real facts the real science you know and right. you're, you're targeted to the point where your children you know are taken away from you and no they can't take in Oklahoma they cannot take your children away from you for not being vaccinated but that's when they find another reason for taking them away from you. Um, and that's what I mean is, like, how do you interpret neglect? How does one interpret neglect? We all raise our children different ways. Now, I mean, I know I have an idea of what I would call neglectful, you know, but, other, but then there's other people that have their own ideas. So, uh, once again, in this, in this document, I imagine, and I would hope that it goes on to legitimize the reasons, you know, like what failure to thrive means, what educational neglect means, what abandonment means. You know, obviously you don't go abandon your child. I mean, you're fighting for your children. Um, but, mm-hmm. you, uh, but for you guys, it was failure to thrive. Am I correct? Um, originally. Yeah. In uh, 2016, uh, well, they they said Nigel was a failure to thrive, but that was a lie. But they also had that, but they also had that on the uh, 2016 petition about him being failure to thrive and that the fact that we do not believe in vaccines. That's all on the 2016 petition as to why they took our kids. Right. In 2016 it was suppressed. The what? I'm sorry. Because the fact, and the fact that they said, and also because you didn't believe in. Um, in vaccinations, that was removed, mm-hmm. though, right? Uh, no, no, that was that was there on the 2016 petition. It stayed there. Okay, right. But then you got your children back shortly after that. Uh, okay. Yeah, about nine months. Well, I mean, well, they were in state. Okay, they were out of our care for six months, and then we got them back for three months while the case was still open, uh, and then the case closed. So nine months, technically, that's nine months in state custody altogether. Jeez. I'd be, I'd, 
I mean, I know you have to keep your head on, you've got it straight, you've got to keep doing what you've got to do as you guys have done, you know, to get your to get your children back, but I just can't imagine. I can't imagine. I know that you the visitation has been there to see your own children, you know, but um now here we are two years later, after the second time, um, you were supposed to be having your children for three times a week, but it wound up going down to two times a week because it's overloaded. Now, between the time, between now and the time when you get your your kids back permanently, um, and from the time that we got we got off that Zoom meeting um, with the the team, uh, have you heard from anybody about any other meetings? Have you heard from anybody uh, to carry through with this process? Now did I lose you? It looks like you looks like you lost. I don't. We can't oh, hear you, everyone, Tanya. So I don't. What's wrong? Okay. Okay. So, so what? What's the last word that you heard? Have you heard anything since we got off the um, the family team meeting? Oh goodness! I think he got cut off. And you. I got cut off. I can't hear you. Um, yeah, he got he got Marty. dropped again. She said he yeah. got dropped again. All right. Well, Tamson, have you heard from anybody since the, um, the family team? Well, we had a visit afterward, and I asked Andy about uh, more visits, and he said he was working on it. Okay. Right. Because they wrote down certain things that they were going to do to achieve this goal. Yeah. And okay. Hold on. I'm going to put. I'm going to put you. I'm going to put my phone on speaker. Hold on one moment. Okay. Okay. Can you hear us? Yep. I'm working on it. No, now I'm on. Oh, great. Okay, we're on speaker now. Okay. Okay, so what was your question again, Tanya? Okay, so the, the the question was, and I think you answered it. It was that you had asked Andy about, you know, more visits. Um, that we don't want to identify who Andy actually is because we're trying to keep this confidential. Um, right. You know, per the I request. also talked to my lawyer, and she went over what um, what JHS um, requires of us, what they'd like us to do. I think we can come to a happy medium now, and we're going to do uh, more of Nigel's therapy, and in a short period of time, we should be getting the children back. That is success. That is huge. That's, that's that is what's huge. looking right now, right now, but like I said, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. Short period of time, we'll get them back, and then there'll probably be like a six-month period when we'll be under DHS observation. Right. And so the big thing with um, with uh, Nigel's therapy is because of the autism, they feel that they want that um, that that's in the best interest of him. And but they're not telling you that you can't do um, the the more organic type of um, remedies that you want to work on as well with him, right? 
No, they haven't, but they've made it hard to send him to our doctors and our professionals in the past. Right. Right. Even though the judge agreed to that. Then when we want to send him to, you know, it took him uh, three months and a court order to make it happen. And not from our lawyers. We had to directly contact the judge to make it happen ourselves. Okay. Okay. So we have some problems and- with that, but... The main thing, getting here and treating them uh, with our, what our medical experts say, and we can do that to, with him here every day, as well as, uh, for, at least for the time being, continue with their therapy as well. So that's what it looks like it's right. going to be. Right, right. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I think it's really important that um, the, the momentum be forward and that, um, that we stay on top of the the team meetings. I don't know if there's going to be another one uh, coming up over the next few months. How long ago was it that you were in the last one? That was like last year. No, 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 um, not last year. It was a while it back. Was, uh, I think it's summer of last year. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, that didn't go real well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that they were there so few and far between. A lot of things that they're not they're supposed to do have been few and far between. Uh like um they haven't kept us informed of Nigel's medical appointments. Uh it looks like in the last two years the children have only had one wellness check. Mm-hmm. And they got all over us for not going to wellness checks and they've had them for two years and they only send the one wellness check. So I guess it's only neglect when we do it. Right, right. And and I I think that that point came out fairly clear the other day, don't you guys? Yes. Yeah, and, and they didn't have an answer for it, I believe. No, no answer at all. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, so it, it can't be do as I say, not as I do. It really needs to be. You know, once again, you, you know, it, it does say here uh, regarding these uh, reasons for uh, removal of a child from their care, you, you, you know, if, if you don't have cooperating, you know, parties for, for medical care and whatnot. So, um, so clearly you're cooperating and you're wanting to just, your injurious environment, likelihood of harm to children's health, physical well-being okay so none of that has been an issue um yeah the inadequate the failure to meet parent or caretaker responsibilities that's the part that when i read that i'm like okay well we have caretaker responsibilities here and you're wanting to meet these responsibilities you know by also doing you know um your end that the judge had had approved and i know that you didn't want that you were very involved in his care and Nigel's carrying his physical therapy up until the mask mandate. Is that correct? Up until they tried to enforce a mask mandate on us. I mean, we did it for a while, and then they were lenient with it, and they're trying to put it back on. And yeah. it's just something we don't want to do because um, you got your experts, and we got ours. And it, to us, it's you know, it's it's silliness. Yeah, it's not yeah. just that. I mean, what are we we were concerned. What are they going to do to Nigel? Because yeah, they're they, trying to force that on us. Yeah, well, they start trying to force a mask on him as well. And not just a mask, but yeah, the other things. Other things, like the rules change every other day. Are they going? 
said, well, we can't yeah. see them anymore unless you get the vaccine. Well, that kind of stuff. And because he's not yeah, our foster care. They, they can't legally do that to you, which, you know, but well, we understand see, that's the problem that is they can't people. legally do many of the things they've done. Yeah. Yeah. But they agree. do it. Agree. Well, you know, the nice thing is the therapist did have great things to say about your interaction with Nigel in the therapy. And and just, yeah. you know, the whole thing about, you know, it kind of dropped off when the mask mandate um when the mask mandate was 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 given, and but she had great things to say about your interaction, and that's great. And you know, as you had shared as you had shared on um, a, a prior show, so I'm not saying anything new. Um, you know, you and the foster parents don't necessarily meet eye to eye, and so one of the questions that that's I had, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, and so. Yeah, and and so if if they don't have anything nice to say about you, you, you know, then and yet there are other people that can say, hey, you know, you've got cooperating parents, you know, you've got parents that they've seen interact well, da 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 da, and you know, uh, so if you have hostile foster parents, that can make the process a whole lot harder and more harmful, you know, to your kids. And, and my thing is something my youngest child said. He uh, was asking me about our feelings towards the foster parents. He was and asking I asked about him, what? Are they treating you? He, my youngest child, asked me what was our feeling towards the foster parents. Oh boy! And I told him, "Are they treating you all right?" And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, that's all that matters." You bit your tongue, in other words. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to – it's not about why we felt about the foster parents. Is are they treating you right? And if that's – if they're right. treating you right, that's all that matters now. Don't worry about anything else. <laughs> yep. It's the right thing to do because, you know, I mean, children shouldn't have to be subject to that kind of mental manipulation. I and, agree. Yep. Yep. So I'm so glad that you – uh, once again, you do the best thing for your children. So that's, yeah, that he's, is he's, the impact. He's torn right now between, uh, like, loyalty. Who's he supposed to be loyal to? Right. He, he's always asking us, do we love him? He's asked his foster parents if they love him. Will you still love me if I leave? <laughs> well, because so they spent more time. They because your youngest has spent more time with them than they have with you. Yes, I know. That's why, so that, we, that's so why really, I was pushing for more visits and for overnights. Cause they're for, I, I say they, I, that means my youngest child, because my oldest child is really, you, you don't know how much he really uh, gets and how much you don't get. Sometimes well, my older child seems to have an understanding, and sometimes he don't. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's children. They're these young minds that are, you know, who who knows what is being said <laughs> to them. Okay, right? We don't know. Exactly. Uh-huh. We we just don't know. But <clears throat> you know, the beautiful thing is, in that meeting, we went from about talking about nine months to a year. <laughs> down to six months, right? 
right? Yeah, so hopefully yeah. in and the actually, next few right months. now, for getting back, we're talking about possibly four to six weeks. Yep. So, like I said, yep. it was, uh, I got a lot more out of the meeting than I expected. Yep. Well, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So, what do you have to say to those that might be listening and, um, you know, maybe they're dealing with these kinds of problems or maybe somebody else, you, you know, is just trying to wrap their head around how this can happen, you know? I mean, what's your advice? My best advice, like I said this before to people, you have to understand this is a marathon, not a sprint. You have to stay strong, stay strong for your family. You have to work with people who are not, seem to not be dealing in reality at times and a system that's working against you. And while some people I say will cooperate, do whatever you got to do to get your kids back, you also have to stand up for your rights and your children's rights at the same time. It's really a balancing act. That's a that's a tough that is a tough balance because sometimes you yes, can be dealing is. with people that you're that you, that you're not liking very much because they are accusing you of doing certain things that you have not done wrong. Right. You know. And uh, there are and, coalitions and groups out there you can join. I suggest you look into that, and also <clears throat> get your story out. The more eyes are on the story, the better it's going to be for you. <coughs> and that's the best advice I can get people. Get your story out. If you've been wrong, if your rights have been stepped on, uh, let the story get out. Let people know what's happening. Now, if you did something you shouldn't have been doing, cooperate in every way, shape, and form so you can get your kids back. That's about the best advice I can give people. But <laughs> yeah. It's hard when get you deal with back. groups and agencies who don't play by the rules. They don't play by the law. They just play by their playbook, which they make up as they go along. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people forget that every situation is, is different, and just because somebody opens their mouth and something comes out of it, it doesn't mean it's true, like your neighbor opening yeah. her mouth. It doesn't mean it's true. And then once you got underneath their their radar from the homeless shelter, now just because you're in a homeless shelter does not mean that you're an inadequate parent. That was a transition for you and your family. Right. Now, I don't blame, I mean, it's their job to look into things. Right. Yeah. But it's not their job to make up things. It's not their job to perjure themselves. Right. And I've said boldly, and I still stand by it, CPS lies. Of course they lie. But they can't, and they do, but they can't get away with the perjury they do. When you can just flat prove that they perjured themselves with a sworn affidavit, prove that they, they perjured themselves in court, and the court just completely ignores that. That's what you're dealing with. And it even gets worse. You have DAs that withhold evidence. You have judges that change your your sworn testimony on the final judgment. And you have lawyers that are just basically window dressing. 
Not all of them. There's a few good ones out right. there that try to stand right. up for the clients. But a lot of them are just there to cash a paycheck. It's an easy paycheck. They show up five minutes before court. They go through their, their files. They say a few words in court, and they go get coffee. Right. You were, yep. Yep. And it's very, it's, it's very hard to find a good lawyer when there's predetermined outcomes, and this is just like a systematic process. Okay, next, next 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 instead of looking at right. the details of uh, of of a case as if it was your own child and um and i know the system is overloaded you know i know that i think it's overloaded because it's a lot of it's loaded with wrongful you know claims and takings of children um but there just needs to be you know the, this is the kind of job that you can't slack off on because what's more important than anything in this life and world is the relationship with your family, and and so if 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 there's an agency worker or a lawyer on on you know behalf of the situation that is just letting things slide by, you know, and just checking off the marks, then you know they're losing they're losing track of just how important their position is, or or yeah. just, go ahead. Uh, well, as I said, we had multiple workers that were involved this time. Multiple. When they took them, the, yeah. when they took them the steps. I mean, we have a yeah. video. We have when they took the children. We have a video, a police video. Of course, it took us quite a while to get it. We couldn't get it before court. We finally got it after. It shows not only CPS line, but it shows the police line. And we, I mean, when you have proof that they lied, that they say things in the department. video that you can prove are wrong. Right. Because it's it's all about getting the children <laughs> to their pediatrician, mm-hmm. and you know how that's going to go. See, this time they messed up. Instead of sending them to the pediatrician, they sent them to the ER. If they had not sent them to the ER, we wouldn't have had a case. Right. That's how bad it is. Well, because they sent them to the ER, we have a case. We have the ER reports. We can show what is and what is not. But if they okay. send them to their pediatrician, we wouldn't have anything there. They've been trying all day to get them to their pediatrician. And she wasn't available. No, she... Not by the hour that they got them. Right. Mm-hmm. But they right. were still bound determined to get them to her because So they got to her later. four days later. Yeah. So, so they could lock it up. Since the ER report showed nothing bad about us, they had to lock it up. So they sent the her four days later. When we hadn't even seen them in four days, we didn't even know where they were. Four days later has nothing to do with us. Must have been going stir crazy. You you just must have been going out of your mind not seeing your kids. And especially that. when you're behind bars, yeah. it's very hard to fight for your children. Yeah, I'm home alone. My wife is behind bars, and I'm trying to get her bailed out while also dealing with DHS and the court system. And, and so the jail did not get me over to the court date. Yeah, when we had our court date, the jail didn't get her to the court date. They were playing games all morning with me. Yeah. They knew I had a court date. Okay. That is very, very common to get you to miss it. Yep, that's very common. You've been hearing about that. Okay. Yep, and so that is something also that you're facing going forward is you're you're facing the um, resisting arrest, yeah, she's still facing uh, four misdemeanor charges, which easily could have been felony charges. Oh, 
Okay, but they've been charged Basically, as her, her crime was being a mother. That's it. Yeah, and one of the deputies at the jail, when I was first locked up, they told me that these were four, all four of these were felonies. And I'm not, I wasn't very educated on it, so I, I believe it. So I actually ran around the jail saying I had, because they were asking, like, what are you in for? And I, I, I said, I actually have four felonies on me. But I was wrong. I told her she had well, the wrong answer. When you're in jail and they you. ask what, what you're in for, you say bad lawyer. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I might come up with, like, the craziest crime you can possibly imagine, so nobody's going to mess with me, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> no, actually, I was, very, I was very happy to find out that the inmate there treated her very kindly, and she didn't have a hard time while she's in there. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's, uh, that's what four yeah. felonies will do for you. <laughs> so, uh, <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... So have you talked to your lawyer about how that could impact um, the situation with your kids? Because the DHS knows about this. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't discussed that with the lawyers much. No. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have nothing much to say about my wife's lawyer. Okay. My well, lawyer right now quite... is promising. I don't think too much of my wife's lawyer. I'll just say that, and he hears it good. That's how I, that's how I feel. And when I've heard the interaction between them. I, you know, all I can say to him is impress me, show me something. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't think he put on a very good performance at the meeting. That's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. What performance? Yeah, yeah. So it's the same. Is it is it the same lawyer for the same lawyer? Um, what? Oh, that was at the meeting. Criminal, yes. For the criminal charge. Oh, for the criminal. No. No, yeah. she has a she has a regular uh, criminal lawyer that's paid for. Okay. Okay. All right. And he ha- he has his strategy, but we'll have to see how it goes. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Personally, well, I think, you as know, I'm going down the this list, I don't. A long time ago, but we'll see. I, I don't see anything on this list that says, you know, if you are charged with, you know, these misdemeanors. I mean, it, it does say domestic violence, but there's. I know you were accused. You were accused of biting um, an officer, but you attempting didn't, to bite. And, attempting to bite. I'm sorry. Attempting to bite. Oh, attempting to bite. Yes. But there's, n- but but you, you. But say that's no. not on the video. And it's not there's on no the video. There's no proof of that on the video whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. No, I I maintain that they were escalating it from the get go. They they escalated with, <laughs> with my wife because they couldn't escalate with me. I had already decided not to. Uh, <laughs> do anything because you know when you're outnumbered and you're outgunned, it's time to stand down. You know, there's time to do something, yeah. and time to stand down. Yeah, yeah. You didn't want them to think that you're a threat to them, too. No, I knew what they was doing was completely wrong, completely illegal. They had no right to be there, no moral or legal justification. So, but you know, I'm not going to do anything that put uh, my wife or family in danger. So, right. 
I'm on the end. <laughs> no, I think that's that. That was important. That was important. And and Tamson, you were you were at home alone at the at the time when this at all happened, and it came your way. When it first happened. Well, when it first yeah. in the morning when it happened, uh, when he was at the store. Yeah, and they came to the door. Well, you see, what it was. Now, first of all, November of 2019, Kirsty, you remember Kirsty, the worker? Yeah. Kirsty Hilton. Yes, she came to the door in November 2019, and the four of us were home, and uh, we exercised our rights. I mean, she said, we want to talk to you about, I mean, she said, by herself, she said, I want to talk to you about your children. And we said no. And she walked away, and we didn't hear anything at all from DHS at all until January 10th, 2020, about 11 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Reggie was at the store. I was at home with the boys. And uh, Reggie was getting dinner, yeah. And uh, and Kirsty and a bunch of other, or several other uh, workers came back with the Tulsa police. It was Kirsty that placed a call to the Tulsa police demanding that mm-hmm. they uh, back her up, that they back them up at our, at our door. It was the uh, crisis management team. And she placed that call. And uh, they didn't have a warrant. They only had a DHS referral. That's all they had. And so I was exercising my rights. They were threatening me and so forth. I'm sure I've told that before, how they were threatening me and screaming yeah. at me. And um, and then I eventually I went to the bedroom with the kids and uh, called Reggie and let him know what was going on. And eventually he got home with dinner and... Um, and they were stalking us. The police had gone off and on, but it was mostly the workers that were there off and on throughout the day for about seven hours off and on. They were stalking us, harassing us, looking through our window. They had a smile on their faces the whole time, never left their face once. They were taking pictures. They were mouthing off to us. And um, Terrible. eventually, Terrible. yeah. And eventually they got a, a court order and a writ, and they, the, the police department passed this off to the sheriff's department. Yeah, that's what I might mention. The court on the writ, if it's legal, the police have legal authority to act on it. The police, okay. it's even discovery, the police refused to act on it and told DHS, I mean CPS, to get the sheriff's department to do it for them. And I believe the reason mm-hmm. they did that is because the police knew they were on shaky legal ground because of their actions early in the day and possibly lost their qualified immunity. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the reason that they wanted us to open the door on January 10th, 2020, is because a neighbor had reported us. I mean, that's why they were there in November. Well, a neighbor had reported us that our kids looked malnourished, and um, so DHS wanted a medical check. Well, in November 2019, they would have just asked, she would have just asked questions like, uh, have your kids been to, like, the doctor or whatever? Um, but we didn't let, let her in, of course. Well, between November of 2019 and January 10th of 2020, uh, she, without our, Kirstie, without our consent, went and looked at our kids' medical records, and uh, that's why they came back with the Tulsa police demanding that we go to Passmore or the Child Advocacy Center. We weren't having it. Right. And Passmore well, we'll see, they looked at our records and looked. So we had to take them to regular wellness check. And because there's reports of them being, malnour- being malnourished, they, ha- they claim they have to check them out, which is nonsense because we do not have to consent 
to a uh, an, an unnecessary an unwanted medical check. We do not have to submit to that. Okay. That is our rights as humans. That is our rights for our children. And having dealt with CPS before, I mm-hmm. have no respect for them whatsoever. I'm not going to let them in my house. But they were bound to determine. You don't get in without a warrant. You get a warrant, we'll let you in. Until you get a warrant, you're not getting and in. And even then, because but no crime was committed, so your warrant's invalid. Yeah, they had to purge themselves on the sworn affidavit to enable. It wasn't a warrant. It was a. Uh, Writ and a court order. They but had, even even without the perjury, it all would have been in, been illegal anyway. Even with a warrant. With the perjury, that makes it completely illegal. I know. Makes it non void. I know. What's the Latin yeah. term? Void ab initio. <laughs> void ab initio. Yeah. <laughs> all kinds of words and terms you're learning. The legal language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's, it's amazing you, how you, that you happens. You learn law whether it? you want to or not when yeah. you deal with CPS. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, yeah. you learn also. You know, it's, uh, it's good to have a lawyer, good to have the best lawyer and fine, but there's no better advocate for your children than you are. That's what another yes. piece of advice I give people. Do your own research. You've got to find out what your rights are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and since when do you drag children out of their home because the parents don't want a medical check? And we shouldn't have to go to any medical check. You can see the kids are running around. We do not have to go to any doctor. Unless there is right. a national emergency, you have no right dragging our children out. We don't yeah, have to go to your medical at, thing or any medical thing. Yeah, I'm looking at this list here of, you know, reasons why children can be taken away. And, you know, it, one of them said, you know, failure to protect and failure to protect from harm. Well, that's exactly what you were doing is you were protecting your children. And you were afraid that they would be put in harm's way by being taken. And guess what? That vaccination was putting in your child in harm's way. And so yeah, to me, exactly. you know, if you didn't pr- try to protect your kids and, if you, you, you know, and safeguard them from being taken, then that would have been reason, you know, to take Yeah, them. but, there's people, but that are, there's people that are telling us that if we had opened the door and just gone with what they wanted, like to that medical check, then uh, it would have all been okay. No. Nope. That is not the case. Because they would send them to their... Pediatrician, give her child, she'll give you a case. <clears throat> and also, since what we've been with before, what are you going to do this time? You vaccinate him again, yeah. maybe you'll finish the job. Right, what, right. Like, what next? As soon as you allow, you know, give an inch, take a mile, right? right. Well, we're running out exactly. of time here. We've got just about a minute and a half left. But the, but the good news is, is there is good news. You know, and and um, I, I I know that it's not done until it's done, but we saw some great cooperation. It you know it didn't necessarily start out that way, but it wound up being um, flushed out. You know, where let's get down to the bottom of it. Let's get to the root of it. So we're with a family that is you know things have been things are going right now. Tamson and Reggie Bowles. And we're going to follow this story, and, uh, and and we're going to make sure that that you guys know out there what is going on. So, is there somewhere where you want them to follow you, like on your own personal pages, or you can continue to follow where where you've already uh, listeners, where you've already seen these promos on Marty Oakley's pages and on my pages on Tanya Hathaway, Tanya Talk, all of it, and uh, injustice in Oakley. Oklahoma. I'm sorry. All of it. Everything you just said. 
Yeah, all, all of the above. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to follow yeah. you on your personal? Definitely. So give oh, them your personal Bowls, T- Yeah. Yeah, B-O-W-L-E-S. Mm-hmm. B-O-W-L-E-S, Tamsin, T-A-M-S-E-N. Um, yep. I, I just want to thank you for getting on here, telling your story and empowering other people and, and showing other people uh, just what comes of this. We are out of time, but thank you both, and thank you listeners for tuning in to being a part of this three-part uh, this three-part series. We will keep you posted for sure and have them back on again. I'm Tanya Hathaway with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story told on Marty Opie's TS Radio Network in Stephen Burke, 89.9 KLRB, Lighthouse Christian Radio, out of Oklahoma and the surrounding area. God bless everybody and good night, and it's good to hear that good things really can happen. Stay true to yourself and don't ever give up. <laughs>